Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to another edition of Solutions Watch. I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and this week we are going to be picking up on a theme that James Evan Pilato was covering with uh, myself back on last week's edition of New World Next Week, namely the Great Uprising that is happening around the world right now. You'll remember that in that previous edition of New World Next Week, we were talking about the I Am Open movement that is sweeping around Europe and elsewhere including as far away as Mexico at this point. Well, I'm here today to tell you, actually, it's a lot bigger than that, and it's happening all around the world, but you would not know that if you get your news from the dinosaur media, who, of course, literally are invested in not telling you about such things or only reporting on the arrests and the crackdowns and can you believe these horrible protesters want to open up there are businesses. Oh no. Well, let's let's do it roll up our sleeves and tell you what the dinosaur media won't and cover some of those things that are happening right now. I think it is instructive to understand that there is a huge pushback happening all over right now. You are not alone in thinking that this is crazy and in doing something about it. So let's highlight some of that action that is happening. And we'll start actually with a comment that was left on CorbettReport.com under that latest edition of New World Next Week from uh, Corbett Report member Mielia, 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 who writes, uh, I have been off any online news the past couple of weeks, so just catching up. Wanted to comment on the We Open Up situation in December. I think it was announced for Germany and Austria 11th and Netherlands 17th of January. Apparently, the German one was first delayed to the 18th, and then a flop, and in Austria, a couple of hundred opened. Uh, But yes, indeed, a moderate success in Italy, with the number of 30,000, 30k going around, and apparently spirits up in Poland, too. Don't know about Netherlands. Could Could probably send links to dozens or hundreds of flash mobs in Germany from last year. Usually not without masks, but in a black humor fashion with white biohazard suits, sometimes with music or with funeral-like or with zombie-like atmosphere on the streets. High gear probably once back, only only back again in spring. And then uh, there is a couple of links there left to a couple of videos from Hugo Talks on Odyssey, uh, highlighting what's happening, for example, of 30,000 Italian restaurants defying the lockdown rules and opening up, hundreds of Polish businesses uh, defying lockdowns and opening up. And to address what Mielia said there about she doesn't know about the Netherlands or he doesn't know about the Netherlands, well, I can inform you that, yes, the Netherlands is having protests right now, which is being portrayed in the mainstream media as close to a civil war, the biggest protest movement that's sprung up there in a very long time, and some ex- exceptionally uh, large-scale demonstrations happening, including, as a uh, corporate report friend and previous guest Josh Sigurdsson of World Alternative Media points out, uh, burn it down, anti-lockdown riots lead to COVID testing facility being torched. So yes, people in the Netherlands are also, uh, shall we say, not sitting by quietly while these lockdowns are ruining their country. So there is mass protest happening, certainly around Europe and elsewhere as well, um, across the uh, the channel there in the UK. Uh, For people who don't know, this weekend is going to be the Great Reopening. Hashtag the Great Reopening. Uh, We can get this, for example, from uh, the... UK anti-lockdown subreddit where there's a post that says in response to the great success achieved in Italy a few weeks back where thousands of businesses successfully opened their doors in protest of the harsh lockdown restrictions organizers in the UK are doing their best to drive awareness toward a nationwide event set to happen this coming Saturday entitled 
the great reopening. It's difficult to foresee whether or not business owners will have the courage to defy the government's rules, considering the level of financial support being offered. Not for everyone, though. However, I truly hope they do. That being said, this will by, be no, by no means be a one-off event, so regardless of the participation turnout this Saturday, awareness is key moving forward. Over the past four days, there's been a substantial amount of effort getting the word out in addition to co collecting, collating, legal documentation, and templates for businesses to use see the legal notice that's attached there. They can't fine everyone as there is an insane backlog in the UK courts at the moment, apparently something like 500,000 cases. And then it points to salon owner Sinead Quinn in Bradford, who insists she will open this Saturday regardless of the 17,000 pounds worth of fines she has been given by police over the last few months, none of which she has paid dot 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 to be continued and as that post says yes it's by no means guaranteed that this is going to be a huge success and that all the restaurants and all the businesses and all the pubs and everything in the uk will open but presumably some will and there will be police presence i'm sure and there will be attempts to issue fines and we'll see where this goes and this will not be the end of it and there are groups that are springing up to provide legal documentation and assistance and helping to fight fines and and those types of organizations are popping up all around the globe right now so i suggest that you start finding what is happening in your local area to the extent that that's possible do not use controlled search platforms like google to do that because they will probably not direct you in that direction it is best if you have local people in your area who know about such things that you can connect with, and if not, you should be actively seeking those people out. Uh, hopefully you can connect through something like the Freedom Cells Network. Uh, as I'm always very clear to stress, I don't think Freedom Cells is the only way that people should be connecting, or I put all your faith and trust in the Freedom Cells website, but it is one way to start finding people that you can connect with. And to start to contribute something to this great reopening, I am open, etc. I think everyone has a part to play in these types of events, even if you are not a business owner, uh, because you can support those businesses that do engage in these activities. And on that note, I want to highlight a message that just came in recently from a listener who noted that in uh, Southern California, they've recently reopened for uh, indoor dining and he's been going to uh, places open for outdoor dining, which even that's not supposed to be happening uh, for the past two weeks. Uh, this weekend, uh, he plans on supporting one of the indoor places in his town. And he says, it started when I searched local Reddit for things to do and saw all the complaints about open businesses Naturally, I saw this for what it was, free advertising for people wanting to stay in business. And that's a very good point. I hope people will take to heart. When you see these stories about, oh, can you see this horrible shop owner that refuses to close their shop? Hey, there's a shop I can support. Hey, I can go I can go there for to get some need. I can go there to get my hair cut, etc. So that's one way that we can play a part in this. It's called boycott. It's not boycott. Well, you should be boycotting Amazon and Walmart and all of the other billionaire crony corporations that are making out like bandits during the scandemic. But you should be participating in boycotts as well. You should be actively supporting with your uh, purchases businesses that are standing up, defying orders, not locking down. And uh, that's one way that you have a part to play, even if you don't have a business. Uh, if you do have a business, but you have a family, you're concerned, you don't want to go to jail, you're, you don't want to protest. Well, there are, there are very 
interesting and creative ways to do various forms of protest and reopenings. And uh, one that uh, was sent to me by a few people um, from my home and native land of Canada that I want to highlight here. <laughs> we can get this from CTV News of all places. Ontario Barbershop reopens despite provincial lockdown using loophole. And it talks about an Ontario barbershop has reopened during the provincial lockdown using a loophole that the owner claims allows them to operate legally. So you'll notice the language that the Dinosaur Media terms to phrase this in, but listen to the story. Chrome Artistic Barber in St. Catharines is cutting hair again after they said they revamped their salon to become a production and film studio. <laughs> owner Alicia Herder set up cameras, lights, and microphones in her shop and said people who come in for haircuts are now auditioning for a part in a future TV show or podcast. <laughs> and as the CTV notes, under Ontario's provincial lockdown laws, which came into effect on December 26th, film and television production are allowed to continue operating. It's not a barbershop. It's a film and television production studio. <laughs> sure. Why not? Absolutely. Whatever. They put in these stupid loopholes for their crony corporations. Well, make use of it. And of course, they're going to come after places like Chrome Artistic Barber. I haven't seen the latest follow-up and seen whether or not this has been allowed to fly by the would-be authorities. But I like to see creative ways of people sticking this in the faces of the would-be tyrants and saying no in ways that are fun and that people can support and appreciate and participate in and it doesn't have to be out on the streets marching with pitchforks it can also take creative ways but it can actually be people out on the streets marching with pitchforks in various ways let's uh let's look at another story that you probably didn't see across the news wires unmasked covid protesters try and fail to place canadian mayor under citizen's arrest uh, this story uh, says that they might need to go back to the drawing board. A crowd of unmasked Canadians tried and failed to conduct a citizen's arrest of a mayor in Ontario on Friday in an eccentric protest of pandemic health rules, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation reported. Dozens of people assembled at the City Hall in Burlington, Ontario, in the ill-fated effort to detain Mayor Marianne Mead Ward. Demonstrators claimed that the 54-year-old mayor was harming children by enforcing coronavirus rules. Well, there you go. That's a very interesting way of taking these protests, isn't it? Because in times past, uh, what was the the stereotypical image of what protest of unpopular local policies, what, what form did that take? Run you out of town with the pitchforks and the torches. Uh, that's, that's the way that people used to organize. It would be interesting to see a resurgence in that idea. Well, I think if there was a problem in that plan, it was trusting that, a that the police would ultimately enforce a citizen's arrest in that regard. Of course, unless the police are on your side, that probably isn't going to work. And if you are more interested in the specifics, say, in the Canadian context of making a citizen's arrest, well, I'll include a link to Justice Canada <laughs> website, which has what you need to know about making a citizen's arrest. And long story short, of course, it does come down to the police choosing to enforce that, um, that citizen's arrest. And in this case, obviously, the police did not. But what if they did? What if you actually had a local police force or a sheriff in the American context or some sort of local official that was willing to enforce such a thing? Well, that might not be such a pipe dream. In fact, it could be actually happening in certain locales. And one place that I want to highlight is something called Baraga County 
in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, which I don't know much about myself, but which I will point your attention to a, an article from the New American Taking a Stand, Sheriffs, Local Officials, and Rule of Law versus COVID Dictators, where they note, for example, on January 11th, Sheriff Joe Brogan and eight other officials of Baraga County in Michigan's Upper Peninsula issued a manif- manifesto defying Governor Gretchen Whitmer's increasingly tyrannical COVID edicts. Since March 10th, 2020, the statement declares, the people of the state of Michigan have endured restrictions on their freedom, which have not been seen in North America since the days of King George III and the American Revolution. The officials declare that the, quote, political leadership in Lansing has ignored the protections guaranteed to all American citizens by the Bill of Rights in favor of medical models designed to predict the course of a still, for the most part, unknown virus. The result has been the adoption of clearly unconstitutional measures which treat human beings like herd animals and which arbitrarily pick economic winners and losers. Enough is enough, the manifesto declares. We have taken an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States of America, an oath we take very seriously. Accordingly, we hereby put the state of Michigan on notice that we have no intention of participating in the unconstitutional destruction of our citizens' economic security and liberty. End quote. Okay, excellent. Good to hear. Uh, you know, we'll make of... Uh, the, the Constitution, Bill of Rights, and all of that, what you will. But at any rate, the spirit is there, and the idea is there, and hey, look at that. There's some actual officials in Baraga County, including the sheriff, who is interested in supporting the people and defying the governor's illegal unconstitutional lockdown orders. Hey, great. This is a potential foot in the door. And uh, if we saw enough of this, perhaps those citizens' arrests might actually bear fruit one day. Again, for people who think that this couldn't happen in my area, you might want to check out my previous conversation uh, about solutions, the thick red line with Howard Lichtman that I recorded uh, back last, late last year. Uh, if you missed that, it's an important conversation about a very important idea, the thick red line. So I hope you check out that conversation and then follow the link to that organization to find out how you can help support the effort to inform your local sheriff or your local county officials or city uh, officials about what is going on and their part to play in enforcing or not enforcing these tyrannical lockdown orders and other orders besides. Um, Extremely important organization. And perhaps we can do a Solutions Watch update at some point in the future about the thick red line and how that effort is going. Would be very interested to hear about that. And uh, again, I just want to stress this is happening all over the world right now. And of course, it's easier and easiest to get information about the Anglosphere and English-speaking countries and places close to home, but it's happening all over. And let's not forget that fact. And I will draw your attention to a an email I received recently from an Indian listener of the Corbett Report. Uh, Dear James Corbett, I was listening to Catherine Austin Fitz's interview that I conducted with her last week. Check it out if you haven't yet done so. And one sentence struck me. Along with currency... What is central is the food supply chain. 
Are you aware of the historic farmers' protest right now underway in India's capital? Tomorrow is the National Republic Day here, and in a symbolic gesture, millions of farmers will be taking out a parallel rally in the outer ring of road of Delhi, while the official flag hoisting ceremony by the Prime Minister will be taking place as usual at the center of the city. What one should note is the farmers have clearly articulated an anti-globalist agenda in their protests. They have turned against the local globalist corporation's owners, Ambani and Adani, two businesses that have benefited immensely after the present ruling party came to power. Ambani is also the owner of Geo Telecommunications and was handing out free SIM cards to capture monopoly of the telecom market. Happily, the protesting farmers are now destroying the cell towers, absolutely unconnected to the 5G protests, but so strangely connected. The farmers have understood that the new farm laws that they are protesting will take away local middlemen and install huge corporations in their place. These corporations had already greedily brought up large, bought, uh, bought up large warehouses much before the laws passed under the cover of corona lockdowns. When I went to the protest site yesterday, what struck me was the number of teeming humanity, old people, children, young women, and men eating together, hugging, joyfully dancing to protest songs, and not wearing masks. Not one of them. I asked, aren't you afraid of corona? They laughed and said, why should we be afraid of something that's not there? During the heyday of the virus, we've been protesting in the biting cold of Punjab and then Delhi. We are afraid of these new rules. It will take away the last shred of land that the peasant holds and push it to the corporations. It is there and we are afraid, but corona is not there. Anyway, he goes on um, essentially to say, well, yes, th 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 this is happening. It's uh, it's not being talked about very much. Uh, uh, the person provides a link to caravanmagazine.in. He describes it as uh, a an article that gives an overview but does not have an anti-globalist viewpoint. Um, so take it for what it's worth. But anyway, that is happening. Uh, as well as everything else that's happening all around the world right now. It is all connected, of course. This is part of the great transition that they're trying to, to run us through as the Great Reset gathers steam. But uh, the People's Reset, uh, in answer, is gathering steam at the same time. And as I say, you will not see this reflected in the dinosaur media. I've only covered a sliver of a fraction of a percentage point of the number of things that are going on around the world here. Um, so I hope I call on people out there to share information about whatever you know that might be going on in your local area, your region, your country, that people should know about. Because people should know about these things in order to understand, A, that there is a resistance taking place, something that, again, you might not know if you only watch the dinosaur media, but B, also how you can help participate in that, whether that be simply boycotting, as in supporting those businesses that are resisting, or finding other creative ways to help out. The, the flash mobs, the... Whatever it may be, whatever tactic you use, you should report on what is happening and what the success or lack thereof of that technique is so that other people can learn from it and hopefully we can learn our way forward. Speaking of which, a couple of house cleaning notes here. Uh, firstly, I will draw your attention to a Reuters fact check. Yes, Reuters has taken it upon itself to fact check last week's edition of Solutions Watch, which you will no doubt recall was a conversation with Professor Dolores Cahill about her participation in Freedom Airway, seeking to provide restriction-free travel to people who are interested in health freedom and are interested in leaving the confines of their own country, increasingly difficult in our day and age. So I, uh, of course, recorded that conversation, which I hope you've all seen by now. If not, the link will be in the show notes. But Reuters, as I say, has... Uh, taken it upon themselves to fact-check 
the conversation, PCR testing and viral genetic sequencing serve different purposes, according to Reuters Fact Check. And you can read through their response to what Professor Cahill was saying about PCR test sequencing and how incorrect sequencing could be used as part of the legal uh, leverage against the politicians and others who are attempting to enforce these uh, illegal lockdown orders. Uh, one specific point that is brought up uh, is uh, Professor Cahill's assertion that there were 1,500 PCR tests sequenced in October 2020, and all of them were influenza A and B, not one were SARS-CoV-2. As many people were pointing out in my comment section, I know other people have emailed me and messaged and talked about this and attempted to message uh, Professor Cahill about this. What is the source of that? Where can we learn more about that? Uh, as far as I know, no one has received a response on that yet. I haven't seen any documentation on that. I myself have reached out to Professor Cahill. I, I'm happy to post any response that she has to that fact check, um, but I haven't heard anything from her uh, in the past few days. So we'll see. We'll see if she has anything to say in response to that uh, that fact check. I will put it in the records and in the documentation so you can go and read it for yourself and let this be another reminder that absolutely no statement by anyone, including myself or anyone else, should be simply taken on board at face value. You need to have some sort of source when you are making a claim, and if none is provided, then that claim should be taken for exactly what it's worth, which is absolutely nothing. And once a claim is provided, then you can adjudicate, is that claim verifiable, and do I trust it, blah, blah, blah. But if no, if no source is provided, then there's nothing to, uh, to, to really uh, verify. So this is this is another thing that we have to keep in mind. Just because somebody in the alt media or independent media presents an idea or or, or says something, that does certainly does not make it true. And I never ever ever want people to think that. And including myself, if I say something, I better have a source for it. So anyway, I will put that in the show notes. As I say, I'm happy to post a response to Professor Cahill if she ever sees fit to provide one. Um, on that, on another note, uh, you may be surprised to know that there was any material uh, provided by the Corbett Report since the last edition of Solutions Watch, because I haven't posted it to the Corbett Report main YouTube channel. Uh, what? New World Next Week last week? There was no New World Next Week last week, James. Oh, yes, there was. You, If you didn't see it, that means that you're only following me through my Corbett Report, my main YouTube channel. That is not the way to follow my work, because if you weren't following, you wouldn't know, but yes, YouTube uh, banned me from uploading for one week. I was, uh, my account was struck. Some videos were removed, including the future of vaccines. That documentary is now no longer on YouTube. You have to go to other platforms if you want to see that documentary. It's on, the complete hyperlink transcript and the MP4 are on my servers. It's on BitChute, it's on Minds, it's on Library, it's on archive.org. But it's not on YouTube anymore, so um, that let that be another lesson. As is the entire past week. If you didn't understand, yes, I was producing new reports and posting them everywhere except to my main YouTube channel. I did manage to get them posted to my secondary YouTube channel, but not my main one. So... Again, let this be the 8 millionth reminder. I am going to be removed from YouTube. It is only a matter of time. And so do not rely on YouTube. Let's find better ways of communicating with each other. And there are many, 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 many available. Uh, we are powerful and we have all the cards in this. It's only a question of whether we're going to play them or not. And on that note, I want to once again draw your attention to the resistance that is happening all around the world. People are not putting up with it. People are fighting back. We can be part of that resistance. And if so, I want to hear what's going on, what's happening. Please share that information in the comments. 
That's going to do it for this edition of Solutions Watch. I'm looking forward to talking to you again very shortly.